The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Eye for an eye, the way that we're rolling, and we got some more fast requiring a toll. We will shock you, we will awe you. You will never understand all the hurt that befalls you. Opportunity attack, what's that bitch? I got a big back scratcher, you a bad itch. You're a weak bite, like a flea bite, and we'll kill you like a pony on the prom night. You never knew what hit you in the lock went click, bang yourself like a sinner in a jack chick. Little pamphlet, yeah. How's that for a topper? You right. Thank you for joining us for Season 16, Episode 12 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Stork. This is Gina. And if you would like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail if you would like, because let me check. I Are forgot we back to check. To that? I yeah, we, like, yeah, I still that. have it. Mm. So while you're checking, I want to find out what Gina was doing. She was like doing semaphore over here doing it. Do you need wine? Do you need a. Oh, a yeah, we opener? were doing a. Where's the bottle opener? Oh, this? Nope, still no yeah. voicemail. Uh-huh. Okay, it's right here. Ta-ta. Oh, thank you. All right. Still I think no voicemails. I'm just afraid, like, after we got that amazing one from the, like, Chinese lady or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I like, still laugh. Yeah, still no, laugh. no one wanted to top that because that was, like, the most perfect moment. But uh, just to let people know, if you want to send us uh, a voicemail or leave us a voicemail, go to uh, 626-629-8RPG. That's 626-629-8RPG. Local toll applies... Yeah. And you can leave us a voicemail. There's a time limit. If you don't get to say what you want to <laughs> say in the first in the first section, don't call back. So there you are. In this uh, episode of Happy Jacks Review Podcast, we're going to uh, uh, read an email from Zombie Heart, who writes in about character immersion. Ken asks us about running games that you'd rather not run. Honken from Sweden. Is that a real name or is that a fake name? It sounds like it's a nickname. I think it's probably an Americanization of, like, Onken. Okay. He writes in about Traveler, Noobs, and something else. I think it's probably, like, a handle, like an internet handle. It is. Yeah. Weasel Creature sends a heavily medicated email, mostly about the con and last week's show. (laughs) Heavily medicated. I like your... That's (laughs) his real name. Good turn of phrase. That's not a handle. Weasel Creature. Yes, it is. Yeah. Weasel Creature. Creature's Mr. Creature. Actually, to you. Uh, Jorn in Sweden writes in... It's Jorn. Jorn in yeah. Sweden. Yays are silent. Oh, so it's like Spanish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that would be horn in Spanish. Yes. He's, oh, he's yeah, right. it would be horn. It's a, like yeah. 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 Jorn in Sweden yeah. writes in, uh, treats us to some information about the delectable Malort. Malort. Oh, ah, Malort. Malort. Good to see you. Sergeant hurts. Dan asks questions about <laughs> pregame questions. Kurt from America writes in about with yeah. a GM confession. Nice. So this nice. is new. The show summary. I did this last week. I did this last week. Yes. This is a new thing. I'm well, I wasn't here doing. last week. Tightening the show. Tight. Didn't you notice at the con, like, were you like, were this rolling through things? There was yeah. less drunk rambling. There wasn't <laughs> no drunk rambling, but less. There was less. There was less. We stayed on topic. It's exciting. So character immersion. This is an email from Zombie at Heart. Dear Happy Jacks, I have recently started a D&D campaign for my family. The game went off well enough with 
the PCs epically failing their mission. They lost their party guide, the legendary monster hunter Jericho Steel. Is it not Herico <laughs> yeah. Steel? Herico Her- Steel. It's Jericho. They failed to rescue the villagers who had gone missing and awoke a 5,000 year old vampire. Wow, that's like a lot it. for one session. It Lucky. is. You rang. Hmm? That guy, Ted Cassidy, was awesome. Right? You rang. I can only do that in the morning after I've had pneumonia. <laughs> I can only do it in the morning after I've, like, sung all day at fair and had, like, 30 shots of whiskey. Uh, You rag. You rag. This is awesome. The first session ended with them returning to town with their heads hung in shame <laughs> and telling the townspeople that they should have just that they should leave before it's too late. <laughs> this is like the wow. is lost. GTFO, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. we suck, man. Yeah. The largest problem I faced was post-game <laughs> when my uncle, the bard of the party, told me he didn't feel like a bard the entire game. That's welcome to playing a bard. <laughs> the other players right. included a warrior, a monk, and a wizard. The other players enjoyed the game enough, but, what else, playing a bard. but, but what else <laughs> could I do to make my players feel more like their particular classes? I have been interested in FFG's... Uh, uh, Star Wars RPG. However, my main gaming group and I cannot decide on which version to play. Play them all. Yeah, uh, them all. Y- you can you can mix and match. Edge of Empire, Age of Rebellion, or Force and Dest- Force and Destiny. Uh, how did you decide on which one to pick up? Has the game held up well enough to your expectations, and has it piqued your interest in to pick up the other versions of the game? Thank you for an awesome show, and hope to see the entire Happy Jacks crew at Ren Fair this season. Huzzah! Yay! Uh, we're two weeks away from build, oh which means God. we're about a month away from. So this is kind of like our weekend. last free weekend coming up. Next weekend is our last free weekend. <sighs> then we're gonna go on short shows. Try to do sixty-minute shows. So eight thirty out by nine thirty. Boom. Go to bed. Wake up. Go to fair. That's yeah. the plan. We should like okay. take our idea. portable recording device to fair. We can and drink and record <laughs> drunken at fair. What, when should, are we going to do that? Between like we? like yeah, because we, we, we between your shows you. and our shows, there's like twenty minutes. I don't know about you. No, that's just me. Like I don't have to do shows. Oh, that's now, right. So I can just bully people. <laughs> oh, I and do about fucking that. like oh, yeah. shows oh, yeah. all day and just like oh, we well, can be a roving reporter. That's what I'll do. Yeah, amazing. Uh, zombie at heart. P.S. Uh, the angry GM made me want to punch babies. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> then his job is done. He's That's like a exactly rabble right. rouser. He's like he is. Well, he's he's. Uh, the, there is no middle ground. No, no. None. none. I gave a trigger warning. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not apparently what we have to do these days. <laughs> trigger warnings are now a thing. Well, for angry, yeah. <laughs> and it actually wasn't Fair. a trigger warning. It was like no. a He's pharmaceutical perfect. warning. Yeah. <laughs> and if you listen live to the show, you heard him like be nice after That's we right. stopped right at the very end. Mm-hmm. And then about. when he realized it was on, he was like, what? Oh, what? oh and they, yeah, they heard me yeah. being a nice person. Yeah. So how can you encourage immersion in a character when the system doesn't encourage it? Because I'll tell you, we just finished a D&D campaign <laughs> and we had a player who was playing a bard Mm-hmm. Not a bad role player. No. I even gave his character an item. I gave him a nickel harpa. Yeah, you know, you know, it was an actual play, and everybody knows who you're talking about. You don't need to talk about <laughs> them, like. Well, that, no, that's not true. Not not everyone. Okay. Only about 
40% of the people listen to that, if the download numbers are correct. Because we get about 1,200 people per episode listen to the actual plays, Mm -hmm. and we get about between like twenty six to 3,000 listening to the podcast. Nice. Well, if you're not listening to the actual plays, you should. If you have a lot of spare time and you it like is. listening to other people. It is a lot of time. It's a big time. <laughs> I, I have not caught up with the yeah. Ultimate Games. So. Um, <laughs> I just don't have that kind of time. But anyway. Vampire Games better. It is. Even, even with the arguing phase we had like I last. I love the Vampire Games so much. <laughs> Do you really? I love I the Vampire I thought you were so mad at me at the end of no, that. No, I, I was worried you were mad at me. No. See, like, that's awesome. Yeah. I was like, do I think Stork's really mad? He's like, no, he's just in character. No, because, yeah. Well, yeah. and, okay. A uh, little summary. Yeah. Summary. You guys all Spoilers, made like really rich. Spoilers, because out for weeks. You oh, guys made yeah. like really rich, effective characters, and I have... I have no, awesome. I have no skill set that awesome. I can do anything it's with. Awesome. I'm great. trying to shoehorn a gangrel into this it's, total. It's perfect. I'm, I'm waiting for my character it's to die so, so I can re-roll and make a venture, <laughs> <laughs> so I can do something. Aww. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, back to this question particularly. So, so it's specifically focusing on class. It sounds well, like the, the the thing is, if you listen to the actual play. You would not know that Bruce's character is a bard, that his character bases his stuff on music. You'd have no clue of that. He's just another spellcaster. He did that in your. He's fu- a, he did the new four E game too. Hmm. He's, a, he's well, also no, he, playing a bard in that. No, he was he playing was a thief. thief. He was a thief who said he was a bard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he had me fooled. He was a rogue. His character was yeah. a rogue. Yeah, he totally was a liar. <coughs> Interesting. But, I don't. I. I think I have to step back from that because the fact that I played with him and I knew he was a bard, I think, affected how I observed. There was him. nothing bardic about it. Now, part of that is is on the player. Absolutely. Sure. Because it's D and D. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It, it's not a, a an open ended character generation system where you can come up and say, I'm going to make the exact character I want. You're going to shoehorn whatever concept you have. You're probably not even going to have a concept. You're probably going to flip through the book and you're going to pick whatever class you've got and you're just going to play that class. Right? Yeah. But in in the case of the bard, and I think D&D has not done a very good job with this whole bard thing. Well, they created the bard, so... Well, the the bard is sort of based on the on like a wandering minstrel, right? Yes, and they're nothing like wandering minstrels. No, they're spellcasters yes. that aren't really good at it. No. Who also carry swords. Well, they're they're at least the old bard. They're a jack know. of all trades kind of thing. They they right. kind of they can do a little bit of everything, but not anything well. <coughs> Were old school bards different than modern? Sort of magic-y, buffy I bards. Can't, I can't say because I have not played anything recent, so I can't really tell you legitimately. But I'm going to say uh, they're still ineffective and they're still really hard to play. Because here's the problem: everybody was still is stuck playing the wandering minstrel, and they're mm-hmm. still really stuck. But a, a but bar- they're not. They're, but not, they're, not. they're, they're not. They're not playing the wandering minstrel. Well, they're, they're playing a spellcaster, the, and and they're charisma based. So anything that has to do with charisma and you could you could have a politician who's a bard. You could have a diplomat who's a bard. You could have an actor. Who's a, you could have a dancer. Okay, those are the performing arts. You could right. also have an actual artist or a painter who are all bards because they're charisma mm-hmm. based, not <coughs> not wisdom or intelligence based. But how many people actually say, "Oh, my character's charisma based, so I'm going to take the time 
to come up with a way that my spells and my powers come from my character's personal charisma. Nobody. Ra- no Bill. one. Yeah. No one does that. No. no. I mean, there might be some. There might be someone out there who does. But the problem is, there's not enough variation within the D and D rules to differentiate a bard from any other kind of crappy healer. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ask this right now. Are bards still charisma based? Because I haven't yes. actually checked recently. Yes, they the are. Recent rules. All right. Yes, okay. I'm sure. Because I, I remember the four E sorcerer was also charisma based, and so the, there was some so there was some overlap. But uh, but it doesn't matter which stat it's based on. That's just. All that determines is which stat is going to be highest. Well, yeah, but but to me as a role player, if if my charisma stat is the stat that all my powers are derived from, that's the stat I'm going to play up. Which is why Ransom was such an asshole because he was charisma based. He's all, oh, hi, how are you? Hey. Because he's is all about right charisma. And but when I it came time to cast prismatic wave. Well, yeah. How did you uh, bring your charisma into casting of that spell? I looked at my highest stat and rolled the dice. Exactly, to be my charisma. <laughs> but that's not my point. So, yeah. how, so the problem, as I see yeah. it, is w- with the system because I, there's not it. It's the same magic system across the board, and I understand why yeah. they did that because yeah. who, wants, who, the, who the hell wants to write no, I remember, five different magic uh, systems? I played a bard once in five e, but it was a one shot. <coughs> But there were absolutely components of my character that spoke to her bardness. Like, whatever I decided, I can't even remember. I think that character was like a spoken word something performer. (laughs) Okay. But there were... Because you knew, it's like, I can't sing. Yeah, well, and you you don't... I mean, it can be whatever. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It can. But there were things on my character sheet that were bardic. I think... I mean, I think with bards, it's partially part the audience's fault. Because with the exception uh, of some of our present company, um, most people don't have music in their lives to a giant extent. When you, when you say, hey, picture a lute, most people picture a guitar or mm-hmm. something similar. While, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, in combat, would you say that, you know, ranged combat, an archer or somebody role plays any more than a paladin or a warrior is is that something that's just easier for us as <coughs> well, you know g- the general well, as the general audience to imagine rather than someone saying uh, you know a bard versus a spellcaster in actual combat I, an archer is not a class but a ranger is and they often use range stuff well and that's what i was going to say though like are we having this conversation because it's about how Uncle Bard didn't feel like he was very bardy in the game, but would it be the same if I was the fighter and I said, you know, I really didn't feel very fightery in that game? Well, I think part of the problem is if you are a fighter, you are going to feel fighty in the game. Because well, you're going to charge up, and you're going to wade into the middle of stuff, you're going to do exactly what a fighter would are, do. Are you going to feel fightery if it's the talkie game? No. See, well, she, she, it, she no. She brings up a very good point, yeah. which is a fighter's role is very clearly defined. You know exactly what you're going to do when you pick a fighter, as well as a cleric. You know exactly what you're going to do when you pick a bard. It's it's a little muzzy. You're not quite sure where where you're going to fill. And then when you do your role right, you're not even sure if you did it right. You're like, well, I'm buffing everybody. I'm going to right, stand back here. Right. And, I mean, the the effort. It, it, if your problem is you're playing a bard in D and D. 
and you don't feel like you're playing a bard. You have to kind of create that stuff, and you have to have a group that's, that is willing yeah. to put up with you creating that kind of I, stuff. I, I yep. agree. And that's that I think is <clears throat> the GM, there are things the GM can do to make the player feel more like a bard. For instance, okay, you walk into a tavern. Oh, a bunch of people see you walk into the tavern with a fiddle right. strapped yeah. across your back, and everyone's like, oh. And they're like looking at you, waiting to see what you're going to do. Because there's what, entertainment here You now. could do what you did recently in a game, which is you had a character do five minutes of stand-up. Right, yeah. You said, I want you to show up with five minutes of stand-up. So, so if you, if you want to make your character feel more like a bard, it's like, all right, you walk into a tavern, come up with a song. It doesn't need to be a whole song. I just want the opening of a couple of lines. I'll give you five or ten minutes to write it out. Or, yeah. you know, if you want really want to encourage him, tell, tell the, the player playing the bard, I'm going to give you an extra 50 XP a game mm-hmm. if you will write a chronicle in character yeah. of what happened in the last session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think that is a big part of it. I think, especially D&D games, they tend to be very combat-centric. And combat's not exactly a bard's forte. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason they left a bard class out of WoW. Like, <laughs> like they're right. not something you can go into a dungeon and raid with and feel super bardy. So I, I think that <coughs> a lot of it is the GM giving those players opportunities to shine, whether it's getting information while they're at a tavern and, you know, you're playing music to make people happy, so mm-hmm. they're drinking get the information, or whatever it is. Like, they do definitely have their, their mechanical benefits in combat, but you have to also give them other opportunities. I think so, too, but I think also it's whatever is... I, I don't think the character sheet has to be that limiting. Uh, whatever's on that character sheet, whether it's a feat or a move or whatever it is, you know, what does that look like? <coughs> what are you doing? Rather than just, I roll that stat or I'm going to use this power or I'm going to, you know, use my feet. Like, mm-hmm. what does that look like when you do that? Why is that bardic? What do we reframe this just a bit? What if you had an entire party full of bards at one fighter? How would that affect the way you set up the game? You mean it's like a rock band and their and their bouncer, or yeah. or maybe it's the A team. They're a bunch of spies, or maybe it's Mission Impossible, and they have to talk their way in bards? and out of things. Why are they well, bards? because they're, they're charisma based, and they well and well bards and rogues. They're playing Spirit of seventy seven, and they're a rock band. Bards and like rogues uh, overlap a lot, uh, but yes. bards can talk their way in and out of things. I mean, they're they're, they're kind of spy masters. Bards to my are mind. thieves that can sing. Or, or are really great at infiltrating courts and uh, listening in on, and getting sure. information. I mean, it depends where, where I, when I think of a bard, I think first thing is entertainer. Mm-hmm. It's the first mm-hmm. thing I think of. Maybe that entertainer part is a cover. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The court jester. Right. Well, and that's one of the places that, <coughs> kind of spoilers, I won't go into detail, but our bard in our fourth edition game really shown is like when we needed to please, you know, royalty and get information from them and get support from them. That's when those characters really shine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if so, you if you ask Bruce, he will probably say that session I felt like I was playing a bard. Absolutely. And well, and that kind of dominoed into all the following sessions because we were able to, you know, uh, eventually uh resolve the campaign and, you know, defeat the big bad. Because of his actions there, sure. So it was a very a big turning point of, in our campaign, mm-hmm. and it was because he was a bard, right? So I think it's just you know the D the GM or DM making sure those opportunities are there. Um, yes, and I think it all, also 
it would it will help cue the GM to do stuff like that if you see the player making that same sort of effort. Right. Long time ago, someone right. sent in an email about a, a, a woman who was playing in a game. It was the first time she'd played D&D. She was playing a wizard. She had her spell list. And at some point in the course of it, uh, went and collected spider webs or something because it was one right. of the components in her yeah. spells. Yeah. No one worries about that kind of stuff. No. But, but she glommed onto that because it was cool. Yeah. Right. And, and she doesn't need it to. And then suddenly, you've got th- this this cool aspect of the character. There's no mechanical thing about it. I mean, I mean, if you want to be a stickler, there is, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But she's like constantly going around hoarding all of these strange things that she needs for her spells to kind of create that sort of immersive feel that I this is the character I am. This Absolutely. is the this is the person I'm portraying, and I think you the GM should give uh, the opportunities for that stuff to happen, but the player has a big role in that, too, I think. I think so, too. Um, yep. When we're playing... God, I don't even remember what the name of it is now. <coughs> the, the, pirate, the pirate D&D that came out, 4th edition. Skulls and Shackles? Yes, that we were playing in um, a game with Bill. And Dave was playing, and he was our bard, and he brought a fucking harmonica to every session. Because he was the shanty guy. Because yeah. he was the shanty yep. bard dude. Yep. He can't play harmonica. But it's a harmonica, so it sounds okay. Right. Unless it's a... <laughs> right. Did, so Did Bill make him do a song? He was, like, the instigator. He he was, like, looking for people who owned a harmonica. I think he eventually bought, like, a specific harmonica that he liked and, like, would play it. And it was, like, a big part of it. And, like, he really made a point of incorporating the whole shanty thing. Even though, to be completely honest, I think he was the only non-musician at the table. Right. Like, everyone else performs Yeah, but kudos to him. Yeah, no, for not... No, full well he's walking into the lion's Fearless, yeah. And, like, like bringing in that shanty culture to our pirate ship was really cool. And he worked really hard at it. And I think think that there's a lot of creative ways players can do that without just waiting for their, like, turn in the spotlight. I remember when I played... I, I made... Twice, both Bill and I have made characters in GURPS for campaigns where we said, I'm going to make an actual bard, someone who is an entertainer. And nice. we both did that. He did it in the, the D&D game that became the GURPS game. Is that the one where he had the violin? No, I don't think so. Let me get a violin. Okay. It was it was the fourth edition oh, D and D game. Oh, that was you that was always playing the. That was the mandolin. Yeah, that was me. And did it I'm, become GURPS or did it become Hero? It became Hero, then became GURPS. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he had made this in GURPS. Yeah. And he basically he was just a bard. He had a lot of entertainment skills. He didn't really have any fighting skills. Oh, that was your that was your four E game where he was like, we yeah. should call the police. He was just, but he wasn't four E anymore. It was in GURPS at that yeah, point. Yeah, right. but yeah, the same game. Yeah, and yeah, that's what we should call the constables. There's someone breaking into this yeah. place. <laughs> yes, but I, I had ma- I had made a similar character for his fantasy game back twenty years ago. Uh, and see, and it will be perfectly seamless. No, no one will no, know no. there was no, anything editing. except for the fact that I just said so. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> Would you like lean on something? Or? No, it, it, there was a, a an update. No, it was an interrupt. <clears throat> okay. But I, I made this character who basically was an entertainer. He had a little bit of fighty stuff, but he wasn't really good at it. He was mostly just a really good entertainer. And what you're basically making at that point is a face character. You're making the the guy who can go in and talk to people and glad hand and schmooze and get in places that are hard to get into and stuff like that. Well, I, I mean, 
that was my. That, I, mean, I was just sort of waiting for a time. I mean, I know we're trying to talk about immersion the character, but I, I have a lot to say about bards because you know, everybody. Yeah. Well, because everybody always thinks of them as the wandering musician, and I think anybody that has a lot of charisma, you could have a stand-up comedian that's a bard. You could have a dance. Uh, Absolutely. You could have a politician. All of these things can be bards. Yeah. I think if you limit yourself, you think that the only guy with a lute. Um, but it doesn't really speak to the whole. How do you? play a character when the system doesn't allow it. We're having technical difficulties. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I have to re- recreate that Don't amazing thing I said. You did. It was really okay. it was really it well was said. not relying on the mechanics. Right. And I, I think it's really important for a game like that. You can't just wait around for the mechanics to give you your moment in the spotlight. You have to really like take that initiative to to I can't remember what awesome thing I said. And Stork even clapped for me. I did. I, was, <laughs> I thought it was really well thought out and really well phrased. It was but, well phrased, but, and now I don't remember it. Well, let me see game. if I can get you into it. Okay. I, my, my point was that if if you are if you are a bard in a group full of barbarians, you're going to feel completely out of place. Say say that you are a gangrel in a in a <laughs> in a vampire game full of Ventru and Toreadors. Mm-hmm. You have nothing you can do. You're ineffective. But it's up to me to figure out a way to make that effective and make it interesting. Okay, so I'm going to try and take a swing at that. In that game, we very rarely use the mechanics to really define the role-playing specifically. We use the mechanics all the time to see if we hide, to see if we're able to to sneak into places and things like that. But the mechanics (coughs) are what make the role-playing. And you've been able to forge yourself a place as a character without the mechanics involved. It sounds to me like this uncle is kind of relying on the mechanics to give him his time in the spotlight. That was it. There right. you go. That's what you were saying. <laughs> Yay! Keep going with that. Wait a minute. So, you re- <laughs> as a player, you can't, and as a GM also, you both have to kind of like partner on this. You can't just wait for that moment where the, the mechanics are going to give you that time, because that's not going to happen. As the GM, you kind of have to engineer those moments and kind of divvy them up between your players. And as a player, you need to recognize when those moments happen happen so that you can kind of seize upon them and be like hey we're in town we're looking for information or we're looking to steal this stuff from this guy maybe i can play a song and distract everybody so you also have to be like looking for those moments and and really kind of advocating for yourself as right a, as and, a that, and then i said it, it's up to the player to 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 figure out their own path mm-hmm. right and it's it requires it, it takes effort on both it takes the gm effort Absolutely. and it takes the player's effort to do it yeah because uh, the gm can <clears throat> give you all the possible moments in the spotlight you want and if you're like sitting there and you're like, I order a drink and I sit in the corner instead of playing a song. And look sad. Yeah. It's <clears> like, <throat> okay, well, he gave you this tavern with an empty stage on it and you decided not to and, go there. And hopefully the GM actually does give them those moments. Right. Because because that is that that can also be the problem too, which is you, you put us in a bunch of fights. And so I sat back there and I did my little buff songs and everything was fine, but I just didn't feel like I was having much fun. You didn't give me anything to do. Now, yes... <laughs> you can't focus on every player, every game, uh, but and, and a bard is a complicated character. They, they have a very complicated role. It's not just I hit things, I kill them, I take their stuff. There's a much more nuanced character there. So Hopefully that's take not a while what any of the characters it. do. Even well, your fighting characters, but you, you never know. You never know. So I think there's a couple of things going on. I think I think the uncle needs to. Figure out what his bard is and what he's going to do with it. And as the GM, you need to allow that bard to have some moments, set up some moments. Um, and and the uncle actually needs to seize the day. Carpe bard. Carpe bardum. That, yes, carpe Definitely. bardum. Uh, it, bards are hard. Bards are not easy to I play. I think so. 
Well, you're, you're, it but you've also Maybe spent for the last players. X number of years performing music at the Renaissance Fair. Yeah. So you have a little bit of an edge there that most people don't have. Most people's idea of music is like Justin Bieber. And what, 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 but yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I mean, the point of a, I mean, the point of the character is he's some sort of an entertainer and maybe also a spy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but most people. How hard of a concept is that? That's really hard for a lot of people. A lot well, of people want to hit. A lot of people want to play Conan. That's most of the most of the people <laughs> out it's, there. It's hard for people who only want to kill shit and take it stuff. Well, There's I'm, a lot of role players who aren't like that. I I, I totally contend true. there are tons of role players who could play a fantastic bard. Right. No, I agree. <clears throat> I just think since it's a little bit of a foreign concept to most people, they're more likely to pay, play the thief. It's hard to play. Similar. It's hard to play in a in a dungeon crawl. I mean, exactly. you can play one, but I mean, if I was playing a bard in a dungeon crawl, I'd be kind of annoying as shit because it would be like, uh, can we go somewhere where there's fresh air? Because I know <laughs> my sinuses are starting to back up. So and I cannot keep my lute in tune. It's so moist down there. Everything's. How do you expect me to? It's to cold. You? I hate cold strings. Would it's you, awful. Would you quit noodling? We're trying to sneak. <laughs> It's out of tune. It's constantly out of tune. <laughs> Does anyone have any cat gut? All right. Thank you very much for the yeah, that's a good question. The email zombie at heart. We appreciate you writing in. The next email. That's very walking of you. On running games, <laughs> you'd rather not. An email from Ken. I'd like do, to read. I can do Ken. All right. Hello, team. Happy Jacks. Long time listener. First time emailer. Huh? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yep. Oh, there, right there it is. Uh, I finished the Eldemy campaign and really enjoyed it. <coughs> I didn't know he was playing it. Everyone was listening to, to it. Everyone seemed to have a good time, and so well. What the hell was that? My dog. I'm gonna go check. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's okay. bark. Probably barking at. There's a raccoon out there. Everyone seemed to have a good time, and so while listening to Happy Jack 1608, I was surprised by Stu's comment that he really didn't want to run D&D 5. It couldn't wait for it to be over. I commented on this on the forums briefly, and also said that uh, I've been there too. I nearly launched into my own story, but thought it might make a better email for the show. Without further ado, ahem, I had a player ask to play uh, OG D&D? Uh, old... OG, what's OG? That's the uh, OG D and D original gangster. Yeah, original gangster D and D. No A in front of D. Uh, no number at the end. Kids, ask your parents. And while I still Out. have a copy on the shelf, <laughs> my immediate response was, "Oh, you want to play fantasy? Well, in GURPS you can, but no. She wanted to play D and D like she heard about from long ago in a far, far away. The request quickly snowballed, and the rest of the players wanted to play too. I was trapped." Soon, I found myself opening the tattered red book. It's large yellow letters playing TSR, Dungeons and Dragons Fantasy Adventure Game Book Basic Book. That female wizard and male fighter have been battling that green dragon on the cover since forever. I breezed the rules. I recall them being more complicated, but then I was eight the first time I read them. The nostalgia train <laughs> left the station, though, and soon I was. I had looked up some old character sheets online. Next, I dug up a module and it came in the no longer existing box dungeon module B2 the keep on the borderlands remember that one yes i do yeah. <clears throat> i actually kind of remember that one because i up to that point i always thought of of modules as dungeons right and this was like kind of this it was like out in the like there was a 
kind of a town. It was a keep. There's stuff, and I'm like, oh wow, you can do this in the open too. You don't huh? have to be in a dungeon. Wow, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so let me take a moment to note. I've GM'd old man boys back in my day. I was DM'd and were happy since I was eight, <laughs> and uh, that was 1981. I played D&D, later ADD, until 1987 when I found GURPS 2E. Yay! Yeah! But it was ha- like falling off a bike. Hallowed be thy name. Oh, wait, I skipped something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hallowed be thy name. And, and never, never looked, looked back. back. So I have not run a D&D game in over 25 years. But it's like falling off a bike. Yep. My players, in the other hand, came to role-playing much later. So they know GURPS. Gumshoe, Call of Cthulhu primarily. They know nothing, Jon Snow, of the dark times. <laughs> <laughs> there was only <laughs> D&D. Since all my players wanted the authentic, and that was in quotes, experience... I made them all roll up their characters the old way, the hard way. 3d6 for each stat. Start with strength, work your way down to charisma. (laughs) Someone rolled a five strength. Sucks to be you. I let everyone compare their impressive and terrible rolls (laughs) and let everyone off the hook. It was supposed to be fun, so I let them re-roll their stats with 4d6, keep three highest (laughs) dice, and place the results in whatever stat you wanted. There was much rejoicing. Okay, go. Uh, everyone was pretty amazed. We could play that way and have fun. And that is what we had. It was all we knew. Also, I was eight when I started playing with other eight-year-olds, so we cheated. <laughs> Duh. Picking classes and rolling hit points was another moment of fun. The mage, my wife, rolled a one, and I recall the response to be something like, I have a hit point. What the... Fighter at five. I think he cried. So... I let everyone have max hit points for their first level characters. Nice. <laughs> I seem to remember this is kind of how we did D&D as well. It was like, uh, yeah, everybody's just This kind of sucks when you do it by the rules. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, you're dead. You're going to be, yeah. Again, I much rejoicing. One. I have a wizard with one hit point. It, and it's me. I have a one. I have a one. I have a two. <laughs> I have a one. I'm second level. I have a two. Again, much rejoicing. There was... Rolling for gold and buying items. I I think you see where this is all going. We spent two or three hours creating characters, but it was a fun time. (coughs) Once everyone was ready, they were off to meet the Castilian of a keep on the borderlands. He speaks Castellano. And help him run off the nearby monsters. Upon entering town, the dwarf and the fighter weren't drinking. Not the dwarf fighter, but the dwarf and the fighter. I almost totally spilled my beer. Wow. Wow. You see those cat like reflexes? Amazing. I would have gone home with wet shorts and beer all over them. Uh, upon entering <laughs> the town, the dwarf and the fighter went drinking. Not the dwarf fighter. Dwarf is a race and a class <laughs> of in course it is. I think that's racist. The character and mage decided to go look for side quests and to interact with the townspeople. <laughs> I explained this was D&D. There are not side quests. <laughs> there are no social skills. You just kill shit and take their stuff. <laughs> this oh, is old D&D. This is, this is awesome. so you can buy stuff and let you kill more shit and take that, its stuff. Right. Both ladies were disappointed and bewildered. <laughs> but m- much as I had before, I was trying to show them how different it was. And I wasn't going to be an asshole. 
I ad-libbed a merchant that wanted furs and maybe could be found where these creatures were that the Castilian wanted them to go. The drunk dwarf and fighter beat up some level zeros. That's a thing in D&D. And they were off for adventure. The party quickly found some hobgoblins to fight. Comedy ensued. Half the party died. And the other half leveled up. That's also a D&D thing. Yes. Now, please don't think I was being pedantic or difficult with the players. My plan was to first show them the limitations that we worked with back in the day just for juxtaposition. Uh, once the impact was appreciated, I'd find a way to do whatever needed to be done to continue the adventure and serve the players. At first, it was jarring to them, but soon it was like VH1 pop-up video. We'd play for a bit, and I'd tell them, well, this is how we would do it back then, because there wasn't really a rule or concept associated yet. I tried not to use my old man voice too much. (laughs) In the end, everyone had a good time. We killed half the evening, and I thought, well, that's that. Back to the modern world! But they wanted to play more. (laughs) It was my turn to be surprised. But we played the rest of the night. After that, thought had started a proper civilized GURPS fantasy game like God intended. So, while I didn't want to do it, and in fact actively tried to get out of it by running DD, it ended up being a really good time. For me, it was nostalgic, and I really haven't appreciated for how far RPGs have come. But, you know... Those rules still work, and they've got. Uh, there's still a good time. My players got to see what it was like to role play when your choices were D and D or game, just like D and D. So why not play in D and D? And now, another thing I took away from this experience was that in the end, what really makes a game fun isn't the system or even the adventure. It's the people involved that make it a good time. That's what I thought of the Elder Me game, too. Aww. See how I brought this diatribe all <laughs> the way back around from the beginning of the email? Hmm? Stu may not have wanted to run the game, but in the end, it seems like everyone had a good time. Because hey. in, the com- in the camaraderie and beer are what really makes the difference. Thanks for letting me rant. I really enjoyed both the show and the APs. Thank you for sharing what you do with the world. Ken... Kenigma. Uh, yeah, Kenigma 24. <clears throat> okay. P.S. I hope I acquitted myself well for my first letter. I did try to keep it to one page. And you fail. fail. Hopefully, I made up for it with a fun story. Ken, that was one of the most well written letters so. I've had the pleasure right? of reading. <laughs> That's that was hilarious. That was, it's like I, back when I was in theater, I would have read that as a monologue. It was very well written. It was very well thought out. It was a beginning, a middle, and end. It took us on a journey. That was a very good letter. I hope the listeners at home, despite the technical difficulties, enjoy yeah. that as well. And I don't know what's going on voice. here. I may, I may have to upgrade my Pro Tools to the newest version. It's now it's now a subscription. Woo! Party foul. <laughs> there's, a, there's a beer bottle right there. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll get it in a minute. Don't step Did on it and break your foot. Lightning reflexes failure. Well, I, 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 I gesticulated with my foot <laughs> and knocked beer bottles over. It's I my would, own fault. I put them there. I would say that I ran 24 sessions of the D&D game. That's 24 sessions of a campaign in a yeah. system I really don't like. And I thought I did pretty good. <laughs> I sure think I don't so. think anybody knew you you weren't having a good time until you said, said that. It, right. Yeah. No, it, all of us, including Kimmy, who was in the game, was like, you're not having fun? I tried to, to find... Sorry, that's not what you sound like. Sorry. I tried to find the fun. Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, I was in that same sort of place of the game. I loved the people at the table, and that's right. what made it work. Right. And I loved the characters they created, and I loved... 
but it's the like shenanigans oh that we god got another into. combat yeah no exactly <laughs> like i loved all the parts and then it would be like Oh, God. I hit it. I and then I made I the mistake down. of creating a non talky character in D and D. So I was just like there were times where I was like, it's so in character for me to be quiet right now. <laughs> I could take so a nap and no one would know. <laughs> God. So I yep. mean Yeah. So I think I think and especially I think by the end we were kind of were all in that place. Yes. Yeah, we were done. Yeah, we, 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 we were, were done. done. That game was cooked. It was it was good. <laughs> and even though it was a great game, we you know, we did great characters, it's still and especially with with high fantasy games, it's really easy to kind of start getting bored with it because we've done it so much. You know yeah. what? That's it's okay. They, yeah. oh, this is a, this is actually. I feel like I feel like I'm in like in a self help group. Let's talk this out, guys. This is actually <laughs> really healthy. It's okay to not like the system you're playing. It's okay to be bored in the game. Kimmy, were you bored? And Stu, were you mad at her for being bored? No, no. So, I was bored. <laughs> I feel like Bill was annoyed at me though. Sometimes I, think, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. See, he, he came in with a new character. He had a fresh start. Because he switched like characters, yeah, at about the halfway point, yeah, when Tyler left. So, all right, traveler noobs and something else. An email from Honkin in Sweden. You know, Honkin we never answered Sweden. the other question about the the Star Wars. Oh, about Star Wars. Oh. Well, okay, I I chose to do um, this Edge is from of the, a, the previous email. Sorry, <coughs> I chose Edge of Empire because I kind of had an idea for Edge of Empire, mm-hmm. and I think Edge of Empire, at least for me. Seems to be more rife with adventuring possibilities because you've got the b- huge criminal element in it. Uh, plus, you've got the empire there, and it's sort of on the outskirts. To me, it reminds me very much of the Traveler Spinward Marches setting, mm-hmm. which is it's just on the very outer outer edge of the Imperium. You're not in in where you know the the ten thousand year old civilization is is chugging along like a well-oiled machine you're out on the fringes on the frontiers mm-hmm. where there's other other nations as well that are out there sort of vying for planets and influence and stuff and the farther you are away from the central government the less the central government has their thumb on your business so you get the chance to play a character who kind of lives outside the law okay. and I don't think you have that in, I mean, you certainly could, but I don't think you get that in Force and Destiny and in Age of Rebellion. Age of Rebellion is more of, is like more of like a military game, really. Mm-hmm. Well, to be clear, all three of these are work- the same game mechanics. Yeah, because yeah. you guys are talking about them like they're separate games. Well, they are because they take they 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 basically kind of follow the movies. Okay, the first one is A New Hope. The second one is. Yeah. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back, and the third one is Return of the Jedi. Because I, I bought I bought the Force one and I read through it, and the way I see it is that's just the like the D and D four E books. It's it's like well, this is like the Ranger book. This is like the the Jedi book. Well, it is, but it still plugs into the same universe. It's abs- not like you if can you buy the one thing oh, no. that's all you can play. No, but if you're if, but I'm definitely running an Edge of Empire game. Yeah, because of where it's taking place and sort of the flavor of what's happening in the game. But that's kind of your wheelhouse anyway. That's kind of that's if kind I were to play a, a Star Wars game, it'd be much more Jedi centric. That's fine, but he because asked why I picked wheelhouse. that one. 
And I was answering his question, but that's okay. Oh, right. That, no, but I just wanted to be clear because you guys are like, well, you know, if you if that, you want to run a, a military that, game, that, that this wasn't is the what one I, you need to do. That wasn't what I said. No, it isn't, isn't what you said, but it seemed implied. That's well, why it, I had it, to jump it in. It is. We're having technical difficulties. Anyway, it is implied in each game book. That's why they came out with three game books, apart from wanting to make more money. That's what I and, got. And of. each game book, but if you look at it, each game book has classes for a, sp- for a particular flavor of game. That's why Force and Destiny is all Jedi. Yeah. Virtually. I mean, I think there's might be like one or two non-Jedi things. Maybe, but maybe not. Um, Edge of Empire, smugglers, hired guns, right. bounty, hunters. bounty hunters. Those don't exist in, in Force and Destiny. No. So that's what I'm saying. If you want to play a particular kind of game with particular kinds of player characters, you're going to need that book. Or buy all three because at some that's point the Jedi is going to show up anyway. Right. And, and you can't buying all three books is expensive because they're, what, 60 bucks a pop? Yeah. It's like it's like Shades of 4E. It's the same kind of thing. It's like, they're more expensive. Yeah. 4 more was money. 40. Well, you can't. If you're buying just buying core books, you can't spend more than about... 80 bucks on 4e because there's only three yeah they haven't released anymore <laughs> right and it's been a year over a year now that's five e. out five five e. Four e. e had a crap ton of them. right but five e there's only the three yeah so far it's been a year and a half i don't think they're going to release well, anymore remember they downsized their that's the thing their right group. now they're outsourcing mm-hmm. all of yeah. that stuff anyway uh, yeah, you got Nautilans in Force and Destiny. That's the other thing. You get different races in each of the three books. So, so really, they do want you to buy all three anyway. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah it's kind of the thing. And there's a lot of... They actually, they have a lot of splat books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, adventure books. Like, there's are hardcover. There's hardcover books, and each one will have like an additional race or another yeah. class, as well as the adventure. So it's like they're Star so Wars, all that they're being said, marketing. Right. And all that being said, I just want to be clear: they run the game you want to run. Sure. You don't, yeah. you don't necessarily have to buy into either one of those three categories. Run the game you want to run. If you want to run a Jedi game, buy the Jedi book, or actually just buy all three and then run the game you want to run. Yeah. Well, I mean, originally I was going to tell the players, I'm running a Edge of Empire flavored game because yeah. that's kind of the game I want to run. But if you want to make characters out of any of the books, go ahead and make whatever character you want. You did. You did say but that. But they, d- they decided not to, and they limited themselves to Edge of Empire. Because they asked, what are we going to be playing, Edge mm-hmm. of Empire? So p- people bought the Edge of Empire books. All right. The dice are really the most expensive thing. Well, well those books are fucking expensive. And that's the neat thing. If you buy the basic starter set of yeah, either of the... You get, like, a set yeah. of dice and a... You know, the, the... The starter sets are awesome. And actually, the, the pre-packaged, um, like, beginner... Uh, yeah, for uh, twenty bucks. Yeah, 20, yeah, yeah. I have twenty with like all the pre-made characters. Yeah, is they're it? thirty. Yeah, and all yeah. the pre-made characters and stuff. I played through one up. of them. It's really fun. Yeah. Oh, Age it's of Rebellion, seventy. Oh, how much try wow. buy? A lot of stock, and then seventy. Oh, like what? Two weeks ago, I did the Edge of Empire because they were sixty. Yeah. Oh, oh, the book is out of print. It no, no, but they were out of stock. Oh. And then back in stock, seventy bucks. This is Amazon. Yeah. Wow. And Amazon's usually. And your Google yeah. Foo is up there because you used to oh, work yeah. in bookstores. You like yeah. you know all about finding all the right places. Well, the dice are the dice They're back expensive. in. Are the dice back in in production yet? I don't know because they weren't. Jeez. Is this? Yeah, never mind. I'm, that's a conjecture. Open a I'm not going to bring that up. I'm not going to bring up. They, they were reserving the dice for the starter sets. 
clearly because clearly if you needed dice they'd tell you buy a starter set okay that's what that that's what i got told numerous times after i bought a bunch of dice but when i bought them you could still buy them but i haven't seen them my guess is they're probably waiting on another shipment from china because they certainly don't want to like not sell them well Oh, and maybe with the new Star Wars movies and stuff, there may be a bit of retooling going on, and maybe I don't even know if it's as much that. I think the demand was bigger than they thought it would be, and it's probably gone up. I think yeah. so too. And they keep they can't pr- print the books fast enough. Remember, remember back. I, I told you the story about uh, when D and D four E dropped. I was in our friendly local gaming store, and a guy walked in. Says, "I haven't played games in twenty years. I heard there's a new D and want to buy it." And I'm like, wow. So maybe that's happening. After the new Star Wars movie came out, there's all these people going, I, think I haven't so. gamed in a long time. I want to play Star Wars. Where do I buy it? Right. It, it, what? Maybe. Oh, they're back in? Looks like it. See if you can actually put them in your shopping yeah, cart. let's try. Gina with her Google Foo. <laughs> Traveler notes and something else. An email from Honkin in Sweden. Traveler noobs. Who would like to read the email from Honkin in Sweden? It's got to be... I can do it again if you want. No, I'll read it unless someone else... I got it. Okay, go. Hello, Stu and the crew. This is Honkin from Sweden. And no, no relations to the other Swedes that write in. Oh. Okay, all right. I thought they all knew each other. I would like to say, we have a lot of Scandinavians. Yeah, Yeah, we do. And a lot from Sweden. There's a few from Norway. I think we have like one or two Danes. But for the most part, we have a lot of Scandinavians, and especially Swedes. Just you're, saying, you're, you got the sexy it's me. going on. Yeah, I'm Swedish. Yeah, all right, whatever. I just, <laughs> but my point is, it's odd. I think it's interesting. Oh, in fact, he asked yep. that just now. He says, "I hear, I hear you ask what it is with you and the Swedes or Swedes." Uh, well, I think it is because we live inside most of our lives, <laughs> mostly the cold and the polar bears. Well, maybe not the polar bears. When I was a, a wee little kid, we used to fool other kids that we had polar bears on the streets up here. Anyway, I digress. Depending on parts of Sweden, yeah. That <laughs> is the one animal that terrifies my daughter more than any other animal. Polar bears? What? Polar bears. Why? We went to SeaWorld and they have that polar bear exhibit. Mm-hmm. She's like clutching my legs. She says, I don't want to go anywhere near them. She thought they were going to break through the glass. Well, you remember what happened, happened right? Enormous. When she was super little? No. Well, SeaWorld has that. The, oh, so the that's, whole... I didn't go that trip. Oh, yeah. There were... um. There are these fake polar bear caves that the kids can crawl through, and she didn't realize that there was a recorded polar bear <laughs> roar. Oh. So she crawls through these caves, and she ends up right next to the speaker, and then this super loud polar bear roar, like, let's loose. And she must have been, like, five or something. Like, she was oh. little. Zachary was, like, two, I think. He was still a toddler. And she just was terrified. She comes ripping out of these fake Dad, Dad's like, laughing. Sobbing. It's years like, of therapy for your daughter, yeah. and you're laughing. Well, she's probably repressed it. Don't worry. Yeah. Right. And it's she's, okay. like, grabbing me, sobbing, thinking something's after her. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God. It was it was traumatic. And so we moved on to the to the um, beluga whales, and we sang Baby Beluga, and she got over it. But <laughs> apparently yeah, not. Apparently not. She's yeah. now, like, you know, oh, no. having, having PTS. <laughs> <laughs> She has That's amazing. polar bear PTSD. Wow. That's, yeah. She probably doesn't even remember them. <laughs> they are ginormous. <laughs> they are big. They're huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. just a big lump while we were sleeping. They never moved while we were there. <laughs> oh, no. They were, they were like swimming around when oh, we were yeah? there. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's cool. They were like swimming up to the water. and, and that, that, She's like, they're just going to break through the glass. <laughs> <laughs> and growl. Sorry. I'm right, you're okay. I di- we digress. <laughs> uh, she's going to hear this and be like, I hate you. <laughs> New therapy session. I have listened to your thing. For a couple of years, mostly while sitting and operating my crane. Awesome. 
euphemism. <laughs> I, no, what? I don't think so. No, I know that's they, pretty they're stuck in that cool. little box a long time in the dark because it's Sweden <laughs> and it's dark. That's a lot. awesome. Walking or bicycling. Anyway, enough about my life story. I write because I have three questions. Aha. Uh-huh. Number one. Mm. Number the first. I have recently started GMing three noobs. And to let them get a taste of role-playing, I have introduced them to Star Wars uh, Edge of the Empire, Pathfinder, Shadowrun, and now Mongoose Traveler. Huzzah! Where's that, tra- where's right? that, where's that applause? Come on. Applause. Come on. Oh, sorry. Yay. They loved uh, Mongoose Traveler, by the way. Who and doesn't? no one is happier than me, since I have been a Traveler fan since I bought my first rules. It was classic Traveler, maybe a year or two before Mega Traveler came out. Traveler has always been the most favorite game I have ever played. Anyway, they have loved every system this far, and for future systems, we will play New World of Darkness, Vampire, mm-hmm. and Star Wars Force and Destiny. Hmm. So now... This is a, okay, this is a really ambitious group. This guy has yeah. been through all this. First of all, I give you kudos for attempting to play all these games, learning all these rules, yep. and then and then yep. having players that are willing to like, all right, let's try that. Yeah, that's no, that's so, fantastic. So cool. Uh, so now to the question: Is there any RPG you think uh, I should introduce them to? Anything essential I have missed? Oh my God! You're playing everything already. I know. No. Okay. Here, uh, Apocalypse World, Dungeon World, <laughs> uh, Monster Hearts. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, no. No. I'm thinking uh, Gerbs. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you could go that way. I, Gerbs I, is awesome. And I also think that you should probably try something really funny. Like tune oh. or uh, something, something where you, people can just let loose and have a ridiculous time. Uh, tune or um, um, uh, tales from the floating vagabond. Oh, something, yeah, something yeah. just that allows you to get your wacky on. Well, maybe when the second edition comes out, don't hold your breath. And then fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're on the fence about it being a role playing game. But if you want to see. What a bunch of creative people can do when given the yeah. opportunity. Fiasco oh, what? brings out some of the most interesting playing. How about Call of Cthulhu? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You haven't done any 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 sort of horror in there. Night no. And their embargo is lifted. Night Witches. They... Fate. Night Witches is an apocalypse. Night Witches is so good. That's yeah. Apocalypse World, right? Yeah, I've I've listed every Apocalypse World you can think of. Yeah. Well not all that I could think of, just the okay. just the that's the primer. That's the, the That's kind of where you are these days. The You're primer. like in apocalypse world world. I like lots of I like lots of stuff, but I love those games. I'm yeah. I, I I'm again attempting to read Apocalypse World. My God, I hate the writing in that game. Yeah, I can't fucking stand. You're trying. You're doing it's the original actual first a- Apocalypse print. World. Yes, I, I I've been warned off trying to read those. I've been told I should read other versions of. Them. You know, but I want to. Pl- that's the one I want to play. You should play that. Uh, yeah, but uh, can you read Monster Hearts and then play Apocalypse World? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, no. What I know? First could. off, I would never play Monster Hearts. I think but you don't oh. have to, but no. the writing's really? better. No, never. No, I, it, it's, <laughs> what, what, there's nothing in there that interests me at all. Nothing okay. whatsoever. That's fair. He's, he's the father of preteen kids. Yeah, Why I, he what wanted, I, yeah right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> the, the last thing I want to do is actually play that out. No. No. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Stu. I, I am... <laughs> the last thing I want to do. But I, 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 I've I heard a little bit on podcasts about uh, the apocalypse world, the sort of the setting, the sort of the concept uh-huh. or the idea, and I like it, but I kind of get through Vince Baker's prose somehow. To do it. It's do worse it. than a high guy Gaxian, isn't it? It's kind of... 
He kind of talks down to you. No. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's written... It, it's written in the form of, of someone living in that world would write a game book. See, well, because when I was reading it, I felt like it was talking down to me. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. I didn't sake. get that Really? At all. Well, because no. I'm reading it, I'm no. like, I have played role-playing games before. No, no, well... Why are you writing it like this? Mm, why, why that's are you... Not, well, okay, are you maybe, sure you're reading the same book? Because uh, this was all... Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Ma- this, maybe not. This is all like... Okay, um, we, we actually just had this conversation. Yeah. The... the um, New World of Darkness books. Yes. Right. The rules when you're going to do something read like a technical manual. Yes. Here is the game mechanics. Here's how the game mechanics work. Blah, 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 blah. But then then, there, then there's all that hard to read text in the cursive script. Okay. All, all the right. fluff stuff. Yeah, but let but me but finish what I'm saying. Okay. All of that stuff, the fluff is all written in a very stylized language. And right? It's really great right. that they put it on a silver background because I'm well, not going to read it It's anyway. hard to read, but it's also very stylized writing. Yes. That is how all of Apocalypse World is written, even the fucking rules. That's annoying. Yes. I like it. <laughs> it you know what? But it, it's not forever. It is a barrier to entry. <laughs> for some people, Sorry, because sure. like a hymen. I tried, read- <laughs> I tried reading it years ago. When I first heard, listened to a podcast that was talking about it, and I'm like, this sounds interesting, I went in and downloaded yeah. it, started reading it, I'm like, oh, fuck this. That was long before people started haranguing us about, oh, you don't world. Long before then. And it's like, you know what? If the guy had not been so cool on, on the voice he was using to write, I probably would have. But I blame I blame the and back when we were eight and we read High Guy Gaxton because that's all we had. Then we loved it. <laughs> we, we loved read it, it. <laughs> and, that's, and it took us years to decipher it, and we loved it. <laughs> but we don't have that kind of time Call anymore. Call of Cthulhu would be good too. I think yeah. I think running a horror game. I think yeah. If you got new players, they want to try all kinds of different yeah. things. That's definitely something you're not covering. So yeah. I also didn't see Savage Worlds in there, but uh, I, think, <coughs> I think everybody should do a superhero game at least once in their life. Wild talents. Remind me before you leave because someone sent me uh, a freebie for, and it's a superhero game, and I'm going to give it to you. Okay, so you can Superheroes. look at it. I love I love playing superheroes. You know, it, it's just so freeing to be in the modern world with cell phones, playing a freaking superhero, doing whatever you want. Yep. It, it is. It's remarkable. You're, you you feel suddenly like, oh my god, I've been I've been crawling around in the dark ages in dungeons <laughs> for so long. This is so much fun. Everybody should do a superhero game. Use Whatever Wild system. Yeah, Wild Talents is a great system for superheroes. <laughs> Just saying. And you can like you can also skin it to be anything you possibly could ever dream of. Right. I've done Harry Potter. I've done Salem Witch Trials. I've done a million different things. Do your stock it. go up when 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 we buy a game? I really should buy. It. <laughs> <laughs> really. But um, but yeah, then it's the one roll engine or system. Yeah, it's awesome. I've always loved it. So okay, if, if they like Shadowrun too, they should try the Sprawl, which is a should I tell you about my Shadowrun experience at the con? Yeah, tell us yeah. about Shadowrun. Right now, yeah, no, I want to know this. Well, you know, let's sidebar. finish the email. Well, and maybe, then, and maybe later. All right, f- we'll finish okay. the email. Okay, here we go. Oh, one little request uh, from our Swedish listeners is: I just picked up Mutant Year uh, Zero. Um, which is apparently like a huge role-playing game in yeah. Sweden. So I'd like to know a little more about it. I, I just picked up like I, I don't, uh, one of our listeners. Uh, uh, is it Useless Trivia Man? 
uh, posted on the and I actually and I'm waiting for it to come to the door. But it, it, the art looked great. It's it's an uh, an RPG that was released in Scandinavia. It's been there for years, and it's finally been translated to English. Near, near it's that what it is? Yeah, thirty years in yeah. Sweden, translated to English. I'm, I'm waiting. Post apocalyptic. I'm really actually looking forward to it. I really yeah. want to see what Maybe it's I'll about. Yeah. Oh, next. did I tell you I ordered? Um, uh, Werewolf 20th Anniversary Edition. Yes, you did. You did? <clears throat> nice. Yes. Cool. I, I'm a little feared because that means our... Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> Kimmy, we're fucked. Yeah. I just want other things to throw at you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? Like, we're not confused enough. We're not ineffectual enough. Let's throw some werewolves into it. All you guys got to do is do something. <laughs> That's all you have to do, and you're not. If you're doing something, anything, at really this point, there's no wrong thing to do. There's no, there's no wrong thing to do. I'll just say it right now. There's no wrong thing to do. Just do something. something. Just don't wait. Just don't keep talking keep about waiting. doing stuff. <laughs> do anything, and I promise you it will be, will be the right thing. <laughs> I just, I had an Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to take over your island and then you're going to get evicted. I know. I know that. I, I yelled at Kimmy about that, and she's mad at me still. No. Oh, that's a little revisionist there, pal. You told her. I think we should we should we should lay low and wait for it to blow over. No, I said you need to get your power. You need to get your power involved. Is there help we can call? Call your boss. Can we hire an Asimite? You said we should lay low. Now, yeah. See, you are mad at me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm zero frustrated with your character. It's oh. not you, Stork. It's not you. <coughs> but that game but is you're not going to. That, yeah, that session's not going to come out for like three weeks. Oh, God. <laughs> poor fucking Gangrel is like stuck with Torridors and, and Ventrue. And he's like, in a, is it a political game? He's like, I can claw stuff. What am I doing you here? Can do stuff. I have been I prepared. <laughs> For combat, for four Every sessions. I bet. I believe I bet it. Maybe this time they'll <laughs> go after happen. the guy that keeps shooting at them. Make it happen. Nope, they didn't do it again. I predict it's going to come to blows between us before, before we yeah. actually attack someone else. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I, no, I thought okay. Tim was going to kill me for sure. Anyway. So, number two. Number two. He said, he said number two. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And this is maybe not an RPG-related question, but I have always wondered, what is it with a Mur- oh, I'm sorry, Murica and Nordic Murica. mythology? Well, that's easy. Yeah. Hats with horns on them. Oh. Who the fuck well, doesn't like that? They didn't really have horns on them. Uh, shh. Okay. It's because the Vikings discovered Murica before the Italians did. They did. You go to Los Meadows. Uh, the the Vikings are there. I'm sorry. There are there are Viking forefathers. Yeah. So they're yeah. all Nordic badasses and just so amazing. you know those of us that are like into revisionist history, we ignore yeah. Columbus Day and we we celebrate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's something uh, foreshadowing, and I think it's dun, dun, dun. the next oh, one okay. of the right. later emails. There's another reason we have to love them because they're awesome. Uh, number three, or, or I forgot. I'm getting old. All right. So there were only two. There were only two. Thanks for a wonderful podcast. Take a drink. You're welcome. Honkin. My name is actually Frederick. Aha, so you're right. Right. Handle. <laughs> but only my mom calls me that. Everybody else calls me Honkin. Honkin. <clears throat> P.S. Does anyone say he's got a big Honkin nose, right? Don't you think Honkin? I don't know. He's Fuck Swedish you, and it's not spelled right. 
Really? You got to bring that shit up now? Really? All of you guys I'll here with your little button noses. What the fuck? <laughs> shit. Honk and I'm with you, man. I, feel, I never I really you. got the big nose jokes about you, frankly. Well, it's because you got a little cute button nose. Look at all these little button noses. Oh, I don't have I don't button nose. Fuck all y'all. Damn it. If they said, oh, Stark, you got such long button nose hair. It's like I get that, I get. Like oh, those little... Like a button nose isn't that bad because you can see the two holes. No, the button noses like, are. You can like see all the way to the brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want a button nose. Hey, P.S. Hail to the king, baby. And then D.S. I don't know what that is. Don't know. Don't know. Someone look it up. D.S. Some amazing Viking thing. A Yo. doped email yeah, from right? Weasel Creature. Oh, God. Okay. You should read this with one side of your face paralyzed. <laughs> what? Why Why would... Sunday. Sunday to Sue and the Brew Crew. Weasel Creature here. I am writing this as apparently American emails are dropping off. Truth. And you're getting fancy now. Buy some fucking stemless wine glasses for your APs. You don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> Sorry. That's actually a good point considering the wine spillage. We did. <coughs> we did. I posted a picture on my Instagram. We now have Star Wars themed sippy cups. Right. And we don't really spill wine in the vampire game. No, well, we're is way one. too refined. We don't. We don't no. knock shit over in the no. vampire game. I do. do I don't think you I, have. Yeah, I've knocked a couple of beers over, okay. but it's beer. But it's beer. yeah, but that's just like a little psh. And it's in character. So. <laughs> and we've, there was one one set, the first, was it the first or second Star Wars game? Yeah, that's Of the five oh people at the table, four spilled. That was the big wine yeah, that was like the wine fiasco. Mine was empty when it fell over. It didn't break. No, you spilled a little something somewhere. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, everyone spilled a little something. Yeah. All right. Books got... Star Wars yeah. books got stained. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, there's oh, yeah. there's character sheets out there. So, look, he had to, like, clear off the table. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm washing the <laughs> tablecloth. Yeah. And it's not from the vampire game. No, it's not. And people wonder why I keep my character sheets in a binder. They're like, it's so right. hard. It's like, no, it's protected. It's safe. It's <laughs> secret. Keep I it play safe. with drunks. Are you kidding me? Yes. This is the only way to keep it safe. You're like, I didn't fucking laminate this shit. Come on. <laughs> right. All right. Um, warning. I am writing this as I listen to 1611. And I'm a little loopy on Dilaudid. Dilaudid? Dilaudid, which Whoa. is, I guess, a prescription medication. I want to look it up. Yeah, As I recover from a shit. spinal fusion, bored out of my mind. Also, <laughs> typing with my offhand thumb since my pulse ox is uh, only go- is the only good one. So let's see what autocorrect does. Drink for me. I w- Happy right. Jacks would like to uh, uh, <laughs> say that please do not send us more emails while you are undelighted. Oh, please do. Also, the brand X Lego and Paladone. They have uh, all these D&D names. I got Paladon. I mean, that's... I oh, my really? God. We need to totally do a con game where everybody is a different type of medication, and they're all, like, massive... Pain, like, I'm Xanax. I'm Paladone. <laughs> Can cause Delighted. life-threatening respiratory distress when taken in high dosage or comply, com- combined with other substances. No, we look at you Also has a high risk of dependency. Yikes. Oh. It's a narcotic. Yeah. Dun dun dun! <clears throat> it's, oh, it's an opioid. Oh, there yeah. you go. Well, we saw a weasel creature at the con. That was before the, before the his thing. Oh, okay. Yes, I was going to say. So he survived. Maybe not. No, we don't know. He did. Okay. Uh, so uh, PBTA is going mainstream-ish. Does that mean that the proponents of the show are hipsters? 
I totally like uh, liked PBTA before it was cool and need to be tackled off their Vespas. Maybe. Yeah, because we're hipsters and we're all writing Vespas. Right. And, yeah. and now the power by Apocalypse. Like I said at the con, this this Happy Jacks is brought to you by Power by the Apocalypse. And Gina, come yeah. on, you're not helping because you just rattled off like 30. I know. No, that's but like they're five. excellent games. All right. I, it was like five. Yeah. Moment of truth. <laughs> Con game, I'm guessing. Cobb game. Yeah, no, no, no. This is me reading like I'm reading my okay, kindergartner's right. writing. I think, okay. I think and I'm you should translating. do that. Yeah. Yeah. I know Stu prefers small parties, but yeah, six sounded like it would definitely be better since there's some direct conflict between the players. So three would each would be better. I'm looking forward to playing one of these. Oh, this email is before that. Right he before did. the con, yeah. <clears throat> Bill's Grim Game. The girl who played Alicia was great. Oh, no. So now he's... Maybe he's high and he's moving back and forth between pre-con and post-con. The girl who played Alicia was great. My wife put it perfectly. She was like Luna Lovegood playing Alicia the Dreamer. We had a great time. I was also happy to get two days. Two days. Worked into the game. Good job. I give a time constraint for the start of the tourney. My, one of my favorite moments ever is when Kimmy was playing Dave's offspring. <laughs> she walks in going, good news! Good and news. I think I laughed for 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, awesome. that's right. No, he didn't play it. He didn't play in the Moment of Truth game. He played in Edge of Empire. Oh, okay. So he was hoping yeah. maybe. Or Next he's time. high. I think he's high. But anyway, I had a blast in Stu's and Kimmy's Edge of the Empire game. I forgot to do something that really adds to the game, doing narrative for the advantage bonus. We were all just adding blue dye to friends or black to baddies without talking about what actually happened. Even with the triumphs, it was super extra PC fail. Oh, well, next time. And you know what? That's probably a really good note for anybody playing that game system yeah. is yeah. to remember to try to role play those <coughs> things out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just... Uh, I throw this here, I throw this there, and you're going to, it's not going to be much fun. It's bean counting at that point. Yeah, well, we did it a couple times. Um, I know, like, when I rolled really bad one time, like, all, because I was running the bad guys, like, all my TIE fighters crashed into each other. Right, yeah. And then I rolled, like, super abysmal later in the game. I literally got, like, one success and five um, threats, Mm -hmm. which is, like, and we, I forget (laughs) what we did, but it was something, like, amazing that happened. Oh, yeah, the bad guy shot his friend. Right. (laughs) That's what it was. So he totally got the shot, but then he killed his friend, too. Um, So there were some moments. I think it's hard to do that in a con game, but I think that's a great note. I I try to do it in the the campaign. I feel like we do it a lot more in the campaign. Yeah. Um, Mostly getting more used to the system. Right, exactly. And reading the chicken entrails that are the die. Yes. Right? (laughs) So weird. Yeah. So drink. Pacing email. If you're going to have a mission needing to put, take place immediately, don't have the fucking special meeting take place in a week. Turns out that's what the host said, too. Now, put another shrimp on the Barbie. Well, that was in reference to what happened last in the last episode. Oh, okay, excellent. Um, Kickstarter is now the new social skills. AC versus soak. Crunch topic. <laughs> oh, Kickstarter is the new yeah, yeah. AC versus soak topic. Yeah, all right. A little bit. I get it. Yeah. He's All right. Happy. He's so happy. Dead horse, beaten. Yeah. Note taken. Thank you. Question. Stu, did you, uh, you did some retracting, nice autocorrect, uh, rec- retroactive XP awards in Eldemy a few sessions ago. It sounded like you gave XP for combat, which just leads to a combat heavy game, except in your groups, as the players don't really give a shit about that. <clears throat> I didn't know if 5e had an official rule for this. 
but PC should try uh, should get XP for defending slash bypassing an encounter. However, they do it. Oh, you snuck back to the ogre guards without seeing them seeing full XP. Oh, you tanked a general of the Pasha out of combat and made a deal with him. Full XP, etc. Drink. Oh yeah. Do you want to answer that question before I go on? Or? Yeah. Um, why on earth would I want to level the players up by giving them more <laughs> XP when all it's going to do is make the combat longer? Go ahead. <laughs> what, does it slow down their their uh, non combat interactions though? That's but the, the but the few times we do have combat, guess what happens? Yeah. I don't think we actually cared either. That was the, the, no, I mean, we weren't super worried. No about one it. ever asked me for XP. Yeah, in the in the D and D game, no, except a few times. Yeah, the Star Wars game we get asked all the time because we're super excited about the talent trees. They want to get yeah, they want to climb Magic their way up the trees. Ability and will you have like super like choice? You can be like, I want to do this or I want to do this. It's not like D and D where it's like you automatically have this. Congratulations! This is right. all you get. Keep murdering things until you get to this next <laughs> level. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yes. I said this was the question. Why don't you fucking do that? D&D is your favorite system. Totally. He's so high. I'm sorry. Yeah, he is. Brian, a.k.a. Weasel Creature. P.S. I had a cervical fusion. <laughs> what did they fuse my cervix to? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> He's P.S. just now realizing... This. Oh no! Yes, that was a fucking joke. I know how ma- uh, I know that for males, just because they fuse it closed for birth control. No, I can take all the cock. <laughs> no, that's you only have to worry if they fuse your cock. Yes, for the host that tried uh, that flask of water I handed out, it was Jameson, aged for one month in my one liter cask, which previously had a bottle of red wine aged in it. Before that, another batch of whiskey. I hope you liked it. <laughs> P-P-P-P-S. <laughs> Sleeping noises. Uh, you know what? You, I, I'm going to revise my earlier statement, which is, if you are on some sort of medication, please write us more emails. <laughs> if you're right? on an opioid. Yes. yes. I think specifically, yeah. Amazing. Send them in. A lot of fun. Not that we encourage you to take opioids no. if you don't need no, them. we are not no. responsible no. for your abuse of opioids no. to please us on this podcast. Uh, I heard you enjoy Malort from Jorn in Sweden. Another, yeah. see, yet another right? Swedish listener. Hey again, Jackers. Sorry for writing you again so soon, but I thought I'd explain why we drink a Malort schnapps that you had at a recent con. Yeah, good question. We Swedes are full of hate, and we like things that taste <laughs> like hate. No, I'm sorry, that's, that's not, not what that. he wrote. <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> we Swedes have a long tradition of producing harshly flavored li- alcohol. The reason is that we have no taste buds, and we can't taste... No, that's not what well, That's not too yeah. far from the truth, actually. <laughs> the reason is that way back in the day, the quality of local moonshine was really, really poor, so you would flavor it with anything bitter enough to mask the actual taste. Why on earth wouldn't you flavor it with, with sugar? sweetness. <laughs> because they're I in know. Sweden, and it's dark for like eight months out of the year. But what does that like have to do with that? They masters. They didn't. That's chocolate what, masters. Well, that's Swedish chocolate. That's only oh, after they invaded France and stole chocolate from them and brought it back. But before then, they yeah. had to. Is like, that like actual information? Or are you making that up? No, it's that. No. The Vikings were stuck with very limited harvest season. How about you flavor it with fish? 
<laughs> well, if you read he's, on, he's, he's okay. actually, hence <laughs> the Malort, which is Swedish name for the herb wormwood, which I've actually made a beer that I used wormwood wow. instead of hops. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bad idea. Not. Terrible idea. But it's a yeah. hallucinogen, so it was awful. yeah, what do you care? I don't, think it it had, I don't think it did, because I drank a lot of it, and it didn't do anything. That wasn't Happy Jack's, was it? No, 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 right. no, no. It was a it was a pale ale, and it was, I, it was an experiment, and I put way too much in, so yeah. it was so astringent, it was insane. Um, so that's why you, that's what you were drinking: wormwood flavored schnapps. That makes a lot of sense. Malort is an acquired taste for sure. The best way to acquire it is to lick as many assholes as you can. No, it doesn't say that. No, it doesn't. You can learn to enjoy it, and why wouldn't you want to? <laughs> no, and I wouldn't uh, want to be without that drink at Christmas, Easter, or at Midsummer's celebration. My mother-in-law makes a wicked Malort schnapps. Oh, so you actually make it. You don't just buy it. Jesus. Yeah. So they, they distill shit? No, well, yeah. When you have it's a lot like of the end of the email. time on your hands. You make, you make beer. Mm. People make yeah, but distilling is a lot more complicated than just brewing. I think they start with schnapps and then they flavor it. You know, it, I, 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 English isn't being a first language. When sometimes people with schnapps, they will put lemon or sugar or cinnamon, and in this wormwood. case, oh. they put wormwood. The bitterest Bitter. bittering agent on the yes. planet. A lot, uh, a lot more potent than the ones you can buy. However. If you'd like to try something really disgusting, oh, of course I would. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you need to More get over disgusting. here and try moonshine flavored with either the gall from a bear, oh, I'm going to fucking throw up, right? or the exudate of the anal glands of a beaver. Oh, that deserves an applause. That's what is it? No, from that's... the anal glands What's of an a exudate? beaver. I know that's yes, like the natural... they milk the... Yeah. It, no, that's the like natural we, flavoring that you see on labels. It says natural flavoring, like yeah. it's beaver extract. It's beaver what? musk. I think yes. It, it could be anything. They I'm just don't want to say what it is. It, that's it, why they put natural no, flavoring. I'm looking it up. It, it's Look like, up exudate. It, it's like when, like when your cat is walking around dragging its butt, and you have to like like, like exudate its anal glands. Same shit. Yeah, no, that's what that is. That's and what I think it is. Who the fuck decided I'm going to put that in something and drink it? Because it's Swedish and it's dark Six, eight months out of the what year. What does that have to do with being insane? That's why they left Sweden to go invade France. It, just says like, it was it was a substance. The, <laughs> I'm so sick of sucking on the anal glands of beaver. Let's go. Oh no, Snope says mostly false with the natural natural flavor. Thank you. Being, no, no, not not false. Mostly, mostly false. So when you say natural flavoring, it might. There's a small percentage chance that it might be from, from the, the anal, anal glands, glands of, of a beaver. beaver. No, I'm not making this up. Unfortunately, I suspect some of our Swedish forefathers weren't quite right in the head. I think you're probably right. Best oh. regards, your ice hobbit, Jorn, 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 Hyde quoted text. A throwback to the old days. Yes, high quoted text. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Question about questions from Sergeant Dan. I did not like Malort, and I I will oh, not try it again. I still get nauseous. Hello, Happy Jacks. I taste it the next day. Trades oh. in Masters of None or Masters of Happy Jackings, whichever is more appropriate. Sergeant Dan, not Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Sergeant Dan here from the hinterlands of Johnstontown County, North Carolina. 
As the host of Fear the Boot, we are not hosting Fear the Con this year. A greedy handful oh, of booters have decided to organize a fan-run endeavor this year. DrewCon 2016, June 3rd through the 4th, 2016 near St. Louis Mo. Check it out. I'm sure that Stu will put it in the notes. Yes, I will put no, it in the show yes, notes. It might already be there. Check it's the not. show notes for the details. <coughs> I will be running a game or two for the con, which, uh, one of which will be a modern superhero police detective game in the spirit of Jack Webb's Dragnet. Dun, yes. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. I was in the office when the call came in. Friday? Thank God it's Friday. Dun, dun, dun. Right? Dun. The format yeah. would be intro, comma, investigation, comma, small skirmish, comma, more investigation, comma, BFB, oh, uh, big fucking boss fight. It will be a hero system. It will be a hero system. It will be in hero. Thank system, you. Yeah. I missed, yes. It will be in hero system. I have pregens done. Now, as I am given to slothfulness, aren't, aren't we all? I am trying to come up with a questionnaire for each character. A couple of background questions, a couple of relationship ones uh, within the group and outside of it, and a couple of plot questions. My interrogatives for you are, one, have you done questionnaires for your games, con or home games, and how did they work? And two, what would you... Uh, what would be some plot questions you would use in a superhero police detective game? Why, yes, I am subcontracting out a portion of my game prep for y'all. Thanks. Sergeant Dan, USA, MSA. Uh, P.S. Just because P.P.S. Drink. P.P.P.P.P.P.S. Down and out. Depressed. Go to church. He is running a traveler at DrewCon. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> nice. I did uh, in the D&D game... In the Vampire game and in the Star Wars Edge of Empire game, I have done sort of like a pre-questionnaire thing. Mm. Um, that's only in a campaign setting, and specifically asking campaign questions. Like in the D&D game, it was like, okay, um, the two of you uh, fought in a war together. Uh, what was the situation? Or, you know, what, who saved whose life or whatever it was. Um, and I, in the... God, I don't even remember what I asked in the D&D. No, that was the D&D game. In the vampire game, I asked for an enemy, mm-hmm. someone someone you admired. Um, there's like a deep secret that you might not even be aware of of some type. Or, I don't know. There's something about that. I don't remember. Well, it was like, what was the re- your relationship with your sire? Yeah. Right. I think was one of them. Something like that. And then in the Star Wars game, I asked, uh, tell me about someone from the rebel alliance Mm -hmm. that you met tell me about someone from uh uh the empire that you met either you know a soldier or a a, um a bureaucrat or whatever um i asked what it was who was the most dangerous person you've met uh i also asked what your relationship is with Suntha the hut who's Mm -hmm. who's the the starting patron of the thing And I think that was it. And most of that information I have then taken and sort of integrated it into the game. I use it a lot to get NPCs. Mm -hmm. So I have NPCs that someone knows. And I've been slowly introducing like one, maybe two a session. Mm -hmm. Um, And there will be more of those later on. In a con game, I haven't done it. 
I think you ha- have to be able to think pretty quick on your feet in order to integrate that pretty seamlessly. That's uh, kind of core to a lot of the P- PBTA Yes, games. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So... Well, the, the, the first PBT I, yeah. I played with, Mike Royas or whatever, he asked me a bunch of those same questions yeah. uh-huh. right at the very beginning. Yeah. And we came up with our character because yep. it's part of character development. Right. Yep. And then he managed to integrate all of that into the four-hour game, and I was amazed. Yeah, and, right. some, and in some of the games, it's even world and game yeah. development. Yeah. So you're you're who's the big bad? Uh, when you play the Sprawl, the, the cyberpunk game, you're setting up the corporations. Every character in, uh, or every player at the table sets up a corporation. The MC sets up a corporation. Then you talk about a job you've been on. You talk about relationships with each other. And then you play the game. But as a GM... I mean, for me, I need time to digest the information I got from the players, from the questions I asked, and integrate it and put it back into the game. So we have a character generation session. I get all that information, and it's baked into what I'm going to do. I develop whatever NPCs it's going to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at a con game, you're getting all this information, and you've got, what, maybe two or three minutes to figure out how you're going to integrate this back into the game? Spirit of 77. Yeah. No, I understand that. Yeah. My, my question is, as a GM, I don't know if all GMs are capable of that. I, I agree. don't know if I'm capable well, I, of yeah, that. I don't completely know if they agree all with you. Absolutely. <coughs> I, I watch I, these guys do this stuff, and it's like watching improv comedy or a magic trick. I'm like, right. how the fuck did that hat just happen? But what, what I'm wondering is, would you... Now, now, maybe you're that kind of GM who can think that quickly on your feet. And if you are, whatever. Then just ask those questions. He, he wouldn't be asking for advice. I don't think if he was. I, myself, would limit it more to relationship stuff between the player characters... So that it's stuff that is establishing the relationships between them, how they're going to interact with each other. Didn't you know what I mean? Because that that isn't necessarily something that I need to then bake into whatever it is I'm going to be doing. Right, you're encouraging them to write a backstory, or at least flesh out some parts of their character. Or at least establish what, what the relationship between their characters are, because the GM doesn't have to synthesize anything for that to happen. Right. right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Absolutely. No, but I think you can still say things to get them tied into the world. Like you can, you can know no, your yeah, game yeah. is going to be. It's a kidnapping or it's a narcotics game, and they have to bust the, you know, the guys that are selling something on the street or something like that. And then you, you find out from them though, like who's do they have a nemesis? Do they who was their baddest bust? Who was? And you can weave pieces of that into the game. At a con, when you're right there in front of them and you don't have any time to think yeah. about it? Really? I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could. I think it depends on the game, partially. Not nece- not the system, but like the actual game itself. Um, I know uh, there were times... I've, I haven't done a questionnaire, but there are a lot of times I leave things blank on the character sheet and let the, character, and the, the players fill that in when they mm-hmm. get to the con. Um, and uh, kind of like we were saying a minute ago, like there's a huge ownership piece it gives the player rather than playing you know this character oh, yeah. i've created yeah. right it gives them a moment to be like okay even if i never use that they have a little sister named sabrina like they have that yeah. now in their arsenal about who this character is right. so that really helps that part of it um but i find it's really helpful with stalling like if they are running through my adventure too fast um, you know, I, I with our modular design that we've talked a lot about before, yeah. it's really easy to drop in there. 
oh, and then suddenly you get a note saying Sabrina is, you know, has been kidnapped or whatever it is. So it's something like, <coughs> it, it, like I don't necessarily synthesize all the information, right? But big things, yeah. little sister named Sabrina, like things that I know I might be able to tie in later, um, are yeah. are um, I, I generally jot those down right. when I'm talking to them at the, and when I'm having them introduce each other. But I mean, you're all, you're also going to have those players that are going to throw you wrenches with those answers. Totally, yeah. No, I think yeah, I think I'm just a. As I've said on the podcast before, there's, I'm a GM who doesn't necessarily plan the endings of games always. I know how oh, it's going to end, but I don't necessarily I don't, know. Who oh, I, I don't. I don't plan endings of games. Yeah. But I have an idea what's going to transpire. Mm-hmm. And if I, if uh, it, it, like, let's say the Big Blue Monkeys game, okay, they're going to go explore this this new planet, and someone throws in something, and I ask them a question, they throw in throw in something that. I don't know, takes them in the in- entire opposite direction or changes some aspect of the adventure to the point where I need to actually sit now sit down and figure out how am I going to integrate this new fact mm-hmm. into the the assumptions that I've already made about what's going to transpire. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes time. Oh, yeah. Dustin, you ask her to go to the bathroom. Oh, bathroom break. It, that Ooh, Sometimes right. it takes a lot longer than that. That's, That's why... When I got the when I got all the information from the player characters in Edge of Empire, I was busy that week. Yeah, I spent a lot of time developing those NPCs when mm-hmm. players bothered to give me the information, and on time, and <laughs> and weaving a story including all of those characters in it. Right, that did not happen like like that. No. It, you, it took yeah. time. Yeah, you have to have kind of realistic expectations about what you're going to be able to do in a con game versus... Yeah. Yeah, and just kind of pick and choose what you feel. Unless you don't prep anything. Well, yeah, but I feel like... <laughs> it's been, like, I mean, it's, Power by the Apocalypse, though. That's mm-hmm. kind of what that's... Like I said, it's a magic trick. Yeah, I think... The character sheets are holding you back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, no. No, don't go back there. Um, but I feel like as a, as a, a GM, it's super easy to kind of pick and choose... I mean, you you are going to get those wrenches, but you might get those wrenches regardless. Oh, you're, so you, well, you're you're always going to get wrenches because right. there's people sitting at the table, right? But at least with these, sometimes you'll have a little bit of guidance with those wrenches. You can pull a couple things out that you know might be good, you know, yeah. tidbits to make something with later. Right. Exactly. So if you need to stall, or if you do need something else, it it, it can be incorporated. And, and- and somewhere online, I think somewhere in our forum is a questionnaire that you your standard questionnaire that you used to ask people. Yeah, when we went to can you, you sum up, that was usually like I don't remember. What, is, what, what are your parents? What's your relation to your family? Uh, do you have an enemy? Right. It was basic, just basic background information you would want about a character mm-hmm. as a GM, and, rather than having them give you paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of stuff. Just answer these yeah. like seven or eight questions. What's right. your family? What are their names? What's your relationship to them? Um, and I, I know that like when we started the 4E game, all this just gave us all that standard yeah. thing. It's somewhere. It's out there somewhere. Yeah, but well, it's your, your list of I, questions. And yeah, you can't it have is. it be that open ended though for a con game. Um, I'm going to draw on my like teaching experience for a moment here and be like, you need to you need to limit the parameters of what you're asking them. Like, say you have a little sister. Tell me about her. So then you already have the little sister in your game somewhere, you know, and so then it's like they pick probably her age. Generally, people are going to pick 5 to 11 probably for a little sister. You know, they're going to pick her name. They're going to pick, oh, she really likes, 
you know, baseball and dolls or whatever. So they're going to pick those details about her that that's going to flush out her character. But you've already kind of set the parameters of who this person is. Unless you get the player who's like, my character is 96. My little sister is 87. Right. <laughs> but you probably already, in a con game at least, you probably have the basic ages and stuff already on the character sheet. Or Maybe. they're basic, you know, they're probably not going to be... An eighty-nine-year-old, you know, adventurer. You never Depends. know. You never know. Depends on the I would ask There's going to be, gonna be the Bill who fucking sits at your table yeah. and is going to fuck you over no matter what you do. <laughs> and then it doesn't matter if you have the questionnaire. But just, I, I think the more specific you get with those questionnaires, it gives the players that agency and that creativity to kind of customize it. But it also keeps you safe yeah. as a GM. And I mean, I think you can ask like questions like, "Who's the one that got away?" or you know, stuff like that, and you're going to have an NPC in your game, so what if the NPC NPC is that person, and it's like, it, it becomes a more personal piece of mm-hmm. that game for them. I don't know what you do, Kimmy, but every time you run a game, the players love whatever it is you do. <laughs> they they are invested in their characters, so keep it up. Yeah. Well, and that's part of, like, I mean, giving them, it's not an illusion, but giving them some agency about the details of their character. Like, I generally have it super bare bones. I've even left, I I generally try and make my character sheets gender neutral. Like, I try and pick names that can go either way. So anyone can sit down and can be a male or female, regardless of what it is. Terry, Pat, Jamie. There's only so many of those names, though. No, I know. Actually, Dave and I did a Google search when we ran a traveler game. We were, like, trying to come up with... How many are there? Uh... There's a lot. There's a lot more than you might think. Yeah, you some of them Sam, are kind of exotic. It can be Samantha or yeah. Sam, oh, that's Samuel. True, right. So you, once you start getting nicknames, there's some more. Um, but actually, I have Evelyn. This- did you see that thing that post? Uh-uh. Someone, some Time magazine or something did like the 100 greatest female writers. Uh-huh. And there's there was some dude named Evelyn something or other who was a writer. Oh, and it was a guy. That's <laughs> awful. They put the Aww. name. Yeah, there's some dude named Evelyn. Oh, and he was a writer. He was a violin. Yeah, a violin. No, it was Evelyn. It was it spelled exactly the same. Evelyn is totally like a Britishy maybe dude name. Tracy. Yeah. Stacy. Yeah. Tracy. Jamie. (laughs) We were having technical difficulties. Yeah. So I have this idea though, and you can try it if you want. Um, One thing that I've wanted to try at a con for a game is to have people like have a little pile of, of. all the player characters' names in the middle, and people draw from the pile and then create their connections together. Like starting out with the general premise, like you are a crew, you know, flying through space together mm-hmm. because we're in Star Wars E mode right now. Um, draw a name and you figure out how you met each other. Because those are things that are cool to player agency. They might play into the game, but probably for a con game, yeah. you're not probably going to get way into backstories. So it's also something that gives them a moment to be creative. It makes them make connections immediately with the other players at the table, even mm-hmm. if they don't know each other. And it probably won't affect the game tons. Right. So if you want to try that, um, Sergeant Dan, let me know how it goes, and then I'll do it my next game. <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't work, it's actually, no. it's actually a great idea. Uh, Dave and I ran a traveler, basically a traveler creation game mm-hmm. once, and people ate it up. Everybody that was in there was like... Bing! Everybody's like, Love "That's the best creation. thing ever." I would do that all the time. Dave's, right. Dave's in the chat room. Yay! Yay, Dave! <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. See you, Dave. Good news! Yay! Babies Good are asleep. News. How do you know that's him? Because uh, he be? outed himself. Yeah. A while ago. But how do you know it's him? It could be a he outed sock himself to her. Could uh, be a troll. He, he doesn't like apocalypse world. Ah, it's Dave. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A GM confession. Today, I fucked up from Kurt from Murka. Murka. 
Yay, Kurt from Merca. Me? Who wants to read it? No, I don't know. Who's turning? Hey there, oh, Jack or crew. Okay, should or I start? It's, or it's or Gina. Okay, Kurt Potts from Fresno here. I've really enjoyed the Jam Failures letters lately. You can split this one up. It's a really long. Cool. 16 pages. <laughs> Ready. So I thought I would submit one of my own. Feel free to read this in any accent you'd like. Good. You can do Valley Girl, right? It's mine. I'm gonna <laughs> do it. You're gonna do it in Southern California. Valley yeah, Girl. I am. <laughs> Transplanted Southern California. Except I say sorry. Uh, where's, I rec- that, where's that from? Uh, it's like Canadian. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, I recently got the game Utter Nonsense, and on my last game day, I used the accent cards to pick a voice for an NPC. I had mixed results. On to my failure story. Let me see how so I'll, I'll quit after this. Okay. Today I fucked up. I introduced a super awesome and totally interesting NPC in a combat. Uh-oh. First, a little background. My group has gotten too large, eight players. So I decided I would run a sandbox game and let them drive the story for a little while. The PCs have answered the call, uh, a call to settle a dangerous island covered in riches. Mm. The Duke gave them each a box roughly the size of a telephone booth lying down. Anything they can fit in a box in the box is theirs to keep tax free and the rest goes back to the douchey the duchy i like douchey douchey. no goes into the douchey (laughs) i know the dookie the dookie in the right hand something you said for for financing i didn't say that the first time i read it and then i said that sounds like douchey Yeah. yeah for financing the mission I always ask for feedback after games. Usually I get, yeah, it's fun, or can I make a change to my character? After the second game, they had some real feedback. Pick up the pace. The first two games were spent trying to secure a safe place to sleep. We had played two or four, two four-hour sessions, and it had only been two days. Two days. Two days. <laughs> Good news. I wanted to drive home that the island was dangerous, so I had them get attacked both nights. This had the unintended side effect of making them too scared to go explore (laughs) their surroundings. So now they haven't seen too many points of interest and are lost for what to do. Lesson one. Accurate time records are fucking boring, (laughs) and if you want them to explore, don't send the fight to them. Trying to take their advice, I gave them some downtime to deal with setting up a wall around the camp. Now they are free to poke around a bit. They find a cave which should provide a wealth of ore if they clean out the blood-sucking bat monsters that almost killed one of them. So they go on a dungeon crawl. They wade through some sturges, murder a merchild, murder the merchild's <laughs> grieving mother. Aww. They find out the mountain is a volcano, happen upon a dwarf hiding in a rope trick. Seriously, that's what that says, right? Yeah. That's insane. The rope trick is that... <laughs> it's like a monkey's pod. He's like, oh, burn, come around, I'm stuck in a rope trick. He begs them not to disturb his brother's remains. They instantly trust him because he is a playable race. They mention... <laughs> <laughs> no. That's really... You know what, though? We all do that, don't you we? You bigots! He's not an orc, he's a dwarf, so we should trust him. And they've yeah. killed a merchild. Well, they're not a playable race. <laughs> They mentioned the lack of NPCs was hurting the game, so Gundren Rockseeker joins the team. New NPC! <laughs> they find a secret door. I break out the map and make them give me marching order. This always makes them nervous. 
<laughs> the corridor beyond the secret door is metal. A little bizarre in a fantasy game. I draw out the maze as they turn corners to keep them on edge. It quickly opens into a big round room with a helmet on a pedestal. As soon as one of them enters the room, the quarters start collapsing and they have to rush in to avoid being crushed. The room spins a bit and the corridors open back up. When they try to leave, they bump into openings. One of them decides to put on the helmet and I hand them a metal double-sided maze puzzle. While wearing the helmet, they are dual-natured, existing in both the physical world and the spirit world, allowing them to navigate the maze while neat... The puzzle brought the game to a grinding halt <laughs> as they each took turns trying to solve it. Do you want to take yeah. over? Sure. Oi. <laughs> Lesson two. Don't put puzzles between the players and the action. <laughs> Give them the puzzle as loot. When they solve the puzzle, they unlock the magic. That way it's, uh, it's more interesting than an uh, arcana check, and it gives players uh, not in a scene uh, something to do. As the fourth game, the players said they liked the increased pace, but wondered what the, when the story would pick up. I mentioned in the beginning of this letter that it was supposed to be a sandbox game, defined as a player-driven story. So I gave up on my lofty dreams of having the players share the narrative load and started writing up some cool NPCs to deliver <laughs> the story to them. Right. Normally, I'm pretty good at not falling in love with NPCs, but this one was going to be great! There is a race of lizard people on the islands called Saurians. They had interacted with the Saurians once prior, and they were attacked at their camp. They murdered all but one of them, and the lucky one ran back to tell the tale. (laughs) They've been finding necklaces and military uh, with military ranks written in Saurian. Mm. Uh, The party had made enough uh, commotion to draw out the Saurian prince. Wow. Niraquoa? Niraquoa? That's lizards, so they don't have... They're they're freaking slea stacks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I came up with this crazy backstory, which would make uh, her open uh, to allying with the party. I had her kidnap one of the PCs that spoke Saurian, then had the party arrive to see the Saurian magically interacting with a glowing orb, then ushering the kidnapped PC into an outpost. My first mistake was making it obvious that she was uh, under duress, but more than that, uh, but more on that later. The princess locked the NBC in a cage, and when the party failed a stealth check, her uh, to uh, failed a stealth check, her and her guards prepped for a fight. My second mistake: she hid behind the wall and waited for one of them to enter. I then had her attack the first person who walked in. Big mistake: she missed. Uh, he counterattacked and blew up his dice. She would have been dead right then if I hadn't spent half my GM bennies playing in Savage Worlds when it was his turn. He swung twice with frenzing and blew up his damage dice so many times that there was no way to fudge it without being punishing. She was dead and I was out of bennies in the first five minutes. I was so upset that I chucked the minis across the room. <laughs> Wow. wow. And I only had myself to blame. GM rage. Ouch. <laughs> there were tons of ways I could have done that differently. I could have used the kidnap NPC as a human shield. I could have had the princess start by offering some sort of timid truce so they could talk. I could have made it less obvious the PC was being held against her- his will. Lesson three. You want to introduce an NPC who isn't all warm and fuzzy. There better be a damn good reason for them to talk. And definitely don't start off with violence. Right. Uh, right. Now I have to decide if the Saurians will send an army for their only princess's killer or the whole par- or only for the princess's killer or the whole party. 
That's all for now. I'll write back next time I screw the pooch. Thanks for building this awesome community and keeping it classy. P.S. Katie just discovered that she likes IPA. Yeah. Any recommendations? Recommendations? Uh, Recommendations on IPAs? Uh, If you like really hot, what? Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. If you like really hoppy IPAs, go with Stone Brewery. Mm -hmm. They make some fantastic ones. Yes. Um, Guinness, Bill brought in, Guinness makes an IPA that's nitro charged. (laughs) So it has a little choke hazard in the can. You pop the can open and it's an IPA. It's not a stout IPA or something weird like that. It's an actual IPA. That was really good. Um, I, I like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It say, is not considered an IPA in America, but if you were to drink it in, in Britain, it would oh, certainly totally. be considered an IPA. And readily accessible is their Torpedo. Tor- uh, torpedo's awesome. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you can find that virtually anywhere. Yeah. Um, Drake's has a couple really good ones that aren't quite as uh, resiny hoppy like Stone's. Uh, Denogonizer and uh, Aroma Coma. See... Just like her games, Gina loves obscure beers as well. She's very good at it. She knows her beers and no, she I knows her indie too, games. And there's a link on there for the uh, puzzle that I'll, I'll. Oh, cool! Trying to remember putting yeah. show notes. I wanted to just say next week. I think um, instead of doing um, Google Plus, if I can get it set up in time, I'm going to try to do the show on Blab.im. Mm-hmm. Blab.im allows for call-ins. Yeah. Which I think you can turn on and off. So if we don't want to have them, we cannot have them. But it, it's uh, it's built for doing internet talk radio. Yeah. Um, and it also has its own chat room client. Oh. Uh, and it, it's like Google Hangouts, but specifically for doing what we're doing. Yeah. There's also an existing or a pre-existing group of people who are looking for streaming shows all the time. Yeah. So I have heard from other podcasters that doing shows on there by itself increases the number of people that are listening to your live stream. But can't you only subscribe to it off a Twitter account? That's what I was about to say. Ah. You have to have a Twitter account to do it. So if you don't have a Twitter account... You'll need to have a Twitter account. Even Stork has a Twitter account. He I, just doesn't know the password. He doesn't know what I it is. I <laughs> only have a Twitter account because of Happy Jacks. Yay! I know. That's why I got a Twitter account. So, um, four Twitter accounts. Between, if you, if you <laughs> listen live between now and next week, uh, I'm going to try to get everything set up so it works. Hopefully my recording computer will continue working. Yeah. Um, and I'll, we'll try to do that through blab.im. I will, of course, send out links when everything is set up and it's cool. ready to go. So the whole camera thing's... Un- oh, no, it still, it still uses cameras. Oh, so it was... Okay. Yeah, it's still... I mean, the 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 setup in here will be identical. I'll just be at a different web page than... All right. Than whatchamacallit. But you probably won't be able to find us on the G Pluses anymore. No. You're going to have to go to... And I'll put a link at happyjacks.org slash live that will lead to the... To and you, that, have a, you have a post in the forum for feedback, too, so... Oh, yeah, I've got... Yeah. If, if you already... <clears throat> Diametrically opposed? Diametrically opposed? Well, I'm going to try it and see how it yeah, works. Okay. Try it. It's kind of like Periscope, but... Interactive. More it, interactive. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It'll be cool to have people call in. That'll be interesting. Periscope's more submarine. We're more, th- this is more spy satellite. It is. Okay. It is. All right. I think that's it. Should we call it? Sure. Sure. <laughs> We're listeners of happy
Thank you for joining us for Season 16, Episode 12 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kenny. This is This is Gina. And we'll see you next week on Blab.im and see if that works, I think. I'll let everyone know if it does. That's it. Thank you very much. Nice. And we'll leave you with a song. Sure.